Ay, buenos días todos, gusto verlos. ¿Cómo están? ¿Cómo está la salsa y picante por estos lados? <laughs> All right. Well, it's great to be able to practice my English again. Um, originally from Canada and um, had the privilege of serving in Latin countries for, I think, last a bunch of years and uh, have the privilege of coming back to Canada every now and then. So it's a blessing and a privilege to be with you folks and to, to worship. And I love what God's doing here. How many people love what God's doing here? Yeah, you guys are blessed. I was sharing uh, over the table with uh, Sam and Katie that, uh, I don't know, we got talking about this first five minutes of sitting down about the cartels that are kidnapping and killing people, real light, fluffy, icebreaker stuff, right? <laughs> and they said, wow, the people are blessed to be in power. Over. I says, I'm going to tell them that too. Like, you guys are blessed being here. It's not only a beautiful country, but a lot of people complain about a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of stuff in Canada to be thankful for. Like down in Mexico, some, they, they wake up, they don't know if their kids are going to be kidnapped by the cartels. Uh, I've got friends that have been kidnapped. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of these people don't live to tell their story. And you guys can go to a beautiful park where I went last night. And your kids can run around. And we wake up. Uh, we just took a food bag to these poor people. And one of the poor people that we came to, she, as we came to our house, she said, Praise God! Gloria a Dios! Uh, she's a Christian. And then uh, she said, I was praying for oil this morning. And I said, you're praying for oil? Like, you don't even have enough pesos to buy oil? She goes, no. I was praying for oil this morning, and we had oil in our food bag. But I'm thinking, no one's praying for oil in Parksville, from where I'm from. <laughs> so we have a lot to be thankful here in Canada, amen? Let's thank the Lord. Lord, we just want to thank you because you're so good to us. And we just want to thank you because you're worthy to be thanked. You're worthy to be praised. Thank you, Lord, for all you bless us with. Thank you for all you, your mercies are new every morning. Thank you for all you're doing here in the Foursquare Church in Power River. Thank you, God, for your spirit moving here. God, thank you for giving me the privilege of being here with my brothers and sisters. We pray, God, that you'd speak, speak to us in these moments. And we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for this nation. And thank you for your Lord here even in Canada, God. And we thank you for giving freedom, and we thank you for the safety here in Powell River. We thank you for the abundance, so much you've given us, God. We just want to thank you, and you're so good to us. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is, wants to speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So let's open up our Bible to Acts chapter 9, verse 10. I'd like to, the message I, I'd like to share with you folks this morning is about being like Ananias. And Ananias, he is a disciple. He's a disciple, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the word disciple, well, the talk, and I hope we, all of us want to be disciples here. Disciple that means to be a follower, means to be a learner. How many people want to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ here? Amen. And I see that pattern in the Bible. God using disciples. It says that Ananias was a disciple, it says Timothy was the disciple, uh, the original disciples that walked with Jesus, and they're all used in different ways. And when, you, and when you purpose in your heart to be a disciple, that's a good place to put yourself in a position where you can be used by God. So let's read and how Ananias was used. Acts 9.10, it says this in the Word of God in New King James. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, 
And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. And behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive a sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to hear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received a sight at once and he rose and was baptized. What a great story. And Ananias was a, was a key person that God used in in the Apostle Paul and his transition from conversion and getting into the body of Christ and getting launched out. And I encourage us to have an Ananias heart. We're going to say, Lord, use my life where I can help, where I can push others forward in the purposes of God. How many people want to be used like that? Where we can just be used to connect people to their destiny in God. And I believe Ananias was like that. But let's look and in, in starting in verse 10, and some, some of the characteristics the Bible brings out about him. And the Bible says in verse 10 that he was a disciple. And let's endeavor to be in dis disciples of Christ. Because there's a lot of people sometimes, they, they think, well, I go to church every now and then. I go to church at Easter, and I go at maybe Christmas, and so I'm a disciple. But not everyone who goes to church is a disciple. But... All disciples, they go to church somewhere. And because sometimes there's some, some people who maybe think, oh, I'm a disciple just because I believe in my head that God exists. But remember, it says in James that even the demons believe that, that, they're, that God exists. So a disciple is someone who they, they're following Christ actively. And there are people where Jesus said, if you want to be a disciple, you have to carry your, pick up your cross and carry your cross. Sometimes someone is just saying, oh, I'm just a seeker. They may carry a cross here, but a real disciple carries his or her cross daily as they walk with Christ. And there's a dying to self and there's obeying Jesus. And some of the differences between someone who's just a casual believer and a disciple may be, to a, to a casual believer, obedience may be just whenever they want or whenever it's convenient. But for a disciple, obedience is an always thing. And for someone who's just a casual believer, it may be common for them to miss church. But for a disciple, they rarely miss church. And for the, for the casual believer, sometimes they're just looking for bread and fish. When a disciple, they want to be fishers of men and women. And for sometimes the casual believer, they, they may say on a Sunday when they visit their church, I have to be here. But a disciple says, I get to be here. How many people think it's a privilege to be here? We get to be here. Out of all the places we could be Sunday morning, we get to be here. Get to be here worshiping the living God and hearing his word and being in fellowship with his saints. That's a privilege. Amen? Amen. Sometimes the casual seekers, they're just worried about seeking their things. When a the disciple, they're pursuing to seek the things of, 
of the Lord. For sometimes a casual seeker, they may every now and then just think about, well, it'd be nice to grow when a disciple, they don't only want to grow, they want to reproduce themselves. Often the casual seeker just focuses on the temporal when a disciple wants to focus on the eternal, on the Lord, on his kingdom, on winning souls, on affecting eternal souls around him, winning people for Christ. I heard someone say in a prayer uh, this morning about this is a place where there's, enjo- there, there's joy. And for sometimes the casual seeker or those who haven't committed to Christ yet, they think church is ah, a place and all the fun's outside there. But for the disciple, the fun's in here too. It's great being here, isn't it? And sometimes for the casual seeker, they can, they can talk about the Spirit. But disciples want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The casual seeker, they may sing a song, but a disciple wants to convert him or herself to be a worshiper. A casual seeker may give a donation, but a disciple wants to be a donation to their generation, living the purposes of God. How many people want to be disciples here? I'm encouraged by the life of Ananias. And his, work, his name in the Greek means God is favored. And Psalms 5.12 talks about the people that God favor. I would like to be a man that God favors. Would you? And, and it says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with the shield. As we, procure, as we endeavor to walk in righteousness in our heart, God says he'll surround us with favor. So let's walk in righteousness. Let's walk in honesty and integrity. Then God will do his part and he'll surround us with favor. How many people want the favor of God in their life? One of the definitions of favor, and I got this from a Bible dictionary, means pleasure, delight, goodwill, acceptance. That'd be wonderful to have the favor of God surrounding us. Amen? It also says in Proverbs 12, 2, about, about favor, a good man obtains what? So let's be people who by, by the Lord in us, that we would have the fruit of the spirit of goodness. We would be good people, kind people, not angry, not bitter, not bad. I was talking once to this lady and she said, I'm cruel. And she is a church girl all her life. And I was thinking, cruel, is that the fruit of the Holy Spirit, Galatians? <laughs> And she's proud of it, that she's cruel. And I'm like, uh, don't think that's a good manifestation of the Spirit. A good man. Let's be people who are full of the goodness of the Lord. Amen? And it's just those people obtain favor. Like, favor just comes to you. It's not like you're even looking for favor. As you walk in right- righteousness, and as you pursue goodness to let the Holy Spirit, His fruit, which is part of goodness, favor will just come upon you. It's a wonderful promise. Ananias means the Lord is favored. And when the Lord called him, he said, here I am, Lord. What did he say? There's another point that's really good. That we would have the here am I attitude. And it's not, hey, Michael. Hey, Sam, Jim. uh, There's Paul. There's Jimmy. No, you Hey, Sally, uh, there, there's Marge. She's always here at church. 
No, when God's calling you, he's calling you. And we shouldn't delegate our responsibility of our serving the Lord. We shouldn't miss out of our opportunity to serve the Lord. He's calling you. He's calling you to do that. And he was calling Ananias. We have a personal God who knows us by name. Amen. Amen. But we also have a personal mission. That's got our name on it. And he's calling you to do it. And so Ananias, he said, here I am, Lord. And sometimes the here, if you really say, here am I, Lord, those can be dangerous words. You just never know where you end up being, right? Some of you people look at me right now and say, well, I'm here in Powell River. I never thought I'd be here. Maybe you said, here I am, here I am Lord. <laughs> and here you are. And I just happen to be where I am in, in, the, in uh, southern Mexico because I said, here am I, Lord. We just never know where here my Lord will take us. When you say here am I, Lord, we, have, we know we have a living God who hears us. How many believe that? So if he hears us say here am I, we have to be ready for an opportunity. And I encourage you when you say here am I, if you want to say here am I, that you'd be ready. You'd be ready to go. Right after Isaiah said to the Lord, here am I, here am I send me, the Lord said, Go. And right after Ananias said, here am I, the Lord said, go. And right after Paul said, what do I do? The Lord said, go. So a lot of times when we say, here am I, you better get ready for an opportunity. Because God's like a fast tennis player. You hit that ball over the net of here am I, boom, that ball's coming back. I said at the altar, son, to here am I, Lord, use me to touch my community. And one year at Starbucks, and your neighbor said, I'm in such a rut. Help me to get out. Oh, I said, here am I, Sunday morning. And there's your opportunity. God wants you to share Christ. Anyone daring to say, here am I? <laughs> Not a lot of amens or hands up. That's okay. <laughs> but be ready, because we have a living God. And when you say, here am I, he'll, we, we should be like, if you like baseball, and I'm not really a baseball fan, but I remember the position of the designated hitter. They always have to be ready. They're always on deck and they're always swinging their bats because they never know when the coach said, you're in. And we as Christians, we should be like the designated hitters. We're just on deck. We got our bats and Tim, Second Timothy says we have to be ready in season and out of season. That talks about times when you're ready and times when you're not ready. I was, um, I was one time I was, I was speaking and um, I was speaking in, uh, in a church. I got invited to a church, and they said, as we were driving there, they said, oh, we have advertised this as a, as a miracle meeting. And I thought, uh, last I checked, I'm, I'm not, uh, not T.L. Osborne. I'm not Reinhard Bonnke. And uh, I thought it was just a regular meeting. And I said, oh, No. We've been announcing it through the, around the neighborhood on loudspeakers. Pastor Michael M's coming and come get your miracle. <laughs> Folks, I do not want to be advertised like that ever. But I was, I was stuck. And the pastor was really excited. Everyone was excited except me. Really. I wasn't excited. But I just, here I am, Lord, and this is where here am I gets me sometimes. And you know what? We have a God, and I preach about, hey, you better be the designated hitter. It's just a, well, are you going to hit? 
you know, get up to the plate. And you know, I think it was the second night of, the, of that, those meetings in Bolivia, the second night, God just broke that open. He gave me a word of knowledge for, uh, for a blind person, uh, blind in one eye, and God healed that person, started seeing, and that just broke that, that whole series of meetings open. But that's scary sometimes. And I imagine when we say, here am I, of course we depend on God, but he's wanting people to be strong and courageous, to obey. And I believe Ananias had to be courageous too. Because he was called to witness to the hitman of the city. Like he wasn't just say, oh, knock on that granny who's 98 years old and she can barely walk. No, he, go knock on that door. Saul of Tarsus, persecuting all the Christians. He had the worst reputation in the land and he had people to back it up. Go witness to him. When we want to be ananized people, may God help us where we be strong and courageous. Amen? Where we be courageous to do the will of God. And we're courageous to say, yes, Lord, even though I'm scared, I'll do it. And to me, that's one of the definitions of courage. It's not the absence of fear. It's even feeling fear and doing what you're supposed to do. Even if you're scared. You're saying, I'm supposed to do this. I don't know, I don't have evidence of this, but I think when Ananias is thinking, oh, I got a knock on this door, but God's telling me to do it. How is he going to greet me with an AK-47? Don't know. But Ananias, he said, here am I. And God's looking for here are my people. We got here are my people and power over Foursquare? Yeah. All right. Lord, you saw them. Yeah. <laughs> and... Let's look at verse 11. And it says, So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. We don't know the people that God is preparing for our meeting them, for our arriving. We don't know what God's doing behind the scenes. Some of you folks here that you're just moving to Power River, you think, oh, we just, circumstances made us come here and just got too expensive in the mainland. And, but you don't know. There could be neighbors and friends that they're, they're getting prepared for your arrival. And they're waiting for you. God's setting, setting this up. And they're waiting for an Ananias that he's preparing that you'll meet them to impart Christ, faith, healing. Because we have a God. He's a God of plans and purposes. Amen. It's just not, we're just not walking with God by, by chance. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So when you seek the Lord, we have to believe he's got purpose in his moving us. Verse 11, the Lord says, go to the street called Straight. And there's this wonderful verse in 1 Chronicles 29, 17, that talks about walking all this, on the street called Straight. It says, I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. I encourage all of us here that we endeavor to walk on the street called straight. We walk in uprightness. We're walking on, a, on the street of honesty and integrity. And we're just going to be walking on that street. Amen? That's just straight and narrow. I have a friend, and he went to the bank in Mexico, and he, he pulled out uh, 30,000 30, pesos down there which is about $2,000. And that's a lot of money in Mexico because a lot of people, 
most of the people make a lot less than they do in Canada. So he pulled out the sum of, of money for uh, the, the organization he was working for. And when we counted it, it was 35,000 pesos. Now, 5,000 pesos in Mexico, it can be a monthly wage there. 5,000 pesos more. What do you do? Thank you, Lord, I needed this. No, my, my friend, he walks on the street called straight. His integrity and his heart wouldn't allow him to do that. So he bundled it up, took it back, looked for the same teller and said, these 5,000 pesos, you made, a, you made a mistake. This is yours. And the teller said, this has never, ever happened in my time working here in the bank. The Bible says in Psalm 84, 11, that God withholds no good thing to those who walk uprightly. When you endeavor to walk in uprightness, God will take care of blessing your life. He'll shower. He withholds no good thing for those who walk uprightly. How many people want to commit to walking uprightly today? When we walk in uprightness, when we're walking on that street called straight, God loves uprightness. So let's walk on the street called straight. Get off any crooked ways, any crookedness that you may have in your in your thinking or your living or your business, get on the street called straight. And God is blessing that street. Amen? And so we see that God's preparing. God was preparing Saul to meet Ananias. He was praying. And not only was he praying, in a vision, God was preparing him. He saw Ananias. I read, I read this incredible story off the internet and it's about this missionary, and he, he, he went to different tribes and different people groups, unrich people groups, and he asked them how they came to Christ. And, the, and this one story was about this Ethiopian tribe that were half a million people, and for years they believed in this almighty, beloved, omnipotent God, and they called him Megano. But yet few of their tribal people prayed and wanted to know the almighty God they called Megano. And some got into spiritism. And, but there was one man from this tribe, from this Gedeo tribe, and his name was Warasa. And he prayed to this unknown God, and he asked him somehow that he could reveal himself. He saw in a vision two white-skinned strangers that, that were building these temporary shelters under a certain sycamore tree near his hometown. And he was intrigued with that. Like, what is that? Eight years later, people were saying within the tribe that, that messengers would come so they could get to know Magano, the almighty, omnipotent God they didn't know. So do you believe that by the end of 1948, two American missionaries planned to set up a missionary base right under that sycamore tree, building these temporary shelters, and when they came to the tribe to preach Christ, doors were wide open. You know, they could have think, oh, this is going to be tough. It's an unreached tribe. And will they listen to us? And when they showed up, they said, God's already told, told us that you guys were coming. Speak to us about your God. <laughs> we got a God that he's so interested in saving the world. He sent his son. And he's got you here for Power River. And I believe he's setting people up. And sometimes we just, we just get to be in the play. And God's the director. And our part is to obey. And to go to those people that God is preparing for us to go to. 
Let's be obedient. Amen? Amen. Get to your Nineveh. There's people waiting for you there. There's people wanting what you have in Christ. Let's get to those people that need Jesus. Verse 12, Acts 9. It says, And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he may receive his sight. He has seen a man. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says that, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We are the earthen vessels, but the, it's not that we're great, but Jesus is great. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen, church? How many people have that treasure in them? The Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we bring to this community. It's not so much you or myself remembering we have Christ in us. We have the treasure within us in earthen vessels. And God was saying, God was wanting to touch Saul, but it was through Ananias, an earthen vessel with Christ in him, the hope of glory. We are ambassadors of Christ. Let's remember who we, ta- who we are taking to the community, who we represent. We are as hands and feet. And it, as it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, I, th- I thought um, when I was thinking about this message, the earthen vessel needs to be broken so the treasure can come out. Do you remember that the lady, she had to broke the, ala- the alabaster? So the perfume, the fragrance, the precious commodity could come forth and fill the room. So as we let the Holy Spirit work in us and our pride gets broken and the selfishness and we are just broken and spilled out as, tr- as broken as, as vessels of the Lord and then the fragrance of Christ, the presence of Christ will be known among us. And do you remember when, when Gideon went to war and they had... They, they had these earthen vessels and they had these fires burning in them. And when it was time to go to war, they had to break those clay pots so that the light can be seen. So as we decrease, he increases. Amen. And as I die to self, Christ comes forth more. Less of me and more of Jesus. How many people want that? Say that with me. Less of me and more of Jesus. Yes, we're just like that, that verse in, where it says, a broken and contrite heart, God will not despise. And just letting God work in me and more of Christ comes forth. And so the, that treasure comes forth in the community. So he saw a man. Well, I believe, I believe there's people, they're going to see a man, they're going to see a woman. They're going to see a young person. They're going to see a grandfather, a grandmother, people from this community that God is preparing because God often chooses to accomplish his purposes in a package of people. You can see it all through the Bible. He sent a deliverer to the people of God who were under Goliath's uh, power. And he sent a deliverer through David. Gideon was an answer to the, to the oppression of the Midianites. Noah was used to save the human race. The greatest example the incarnation of the Son of God. God often sends solutions through the package, packages of people. And you're going to be that Ananias for someone. How many people say amen to that? And God, he just chose us to use us. 
I mean, it seems crazy. Like, Lord, why would you choose to use us? Wouldn't it be more dependable to send all your angels to do everything? But in his eternal purposes, he's chosen to use man. He chooses to use his body. I have sent a man. I have sent a woman. We see all through the history of the Bible, God using people as his hands and feet to fulfill his purposes. Still ready to say, here, I'm, here am I? Maybe less people, but hey, one or two. Verse 13, let's go to what it says in verse 13. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man. How much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. Folks, this was not an easy mission. Like, can you send me to Cancun for beach ministry? I can sign up for that. <laughs> like sometimes, but he is sovereign. He chooses the mission, but he also gives grace for the mission. He's a God of all grace. Amen. Amen. Acts 1.8. Spirit is upon us to give us power. He gives us power to overcome, power to do the will of God. And that's where faith comes in. Okay, God, if you've called me to do the mission, you're going to give me the grace and power to do it. So if God calls you to knock on Ananias' door, he's going to give you the grace to do it. He's going to give you the boldness to do that. So let's just believe in God that when, when we receive the mission of God, that we'll say, yes, Lord, I'm ready for that challenge. And get ready because when we receive a challenge from the Lord, that challenge will help us depend on God more. Because you know in your own strength you can't do it. I was reading about this missionary. She, she was from Scotland, and she went to this cannibalistic, unreached tribe in Africa. But she felt so called to God, she just did it. And she spent, I think, 38 years of her life preaching Christ. And they were cannibals, and, and the Lord gave her grace and power. And they came to Christ. But I admire her courage. A single Scottish lady just felt called by God. And, and she, this is one of her quotes. She said, oh God, old and feeble and unworthy as I am, help me to win them. What a combination of faith, of humility, and dependence. Challenges will help us depend on God more and depend less on us. Let's take those challenges so we can... Just get to the people where God's calling us to. Challenges make us grow. If you have a city boxing champ here in Powell River, and he's been the city boxing champ for 12 years, but he never wants to venture out, and he says, hey, you know what? You're, get, you're really good here. Why don't you go to the provincials? No, I don't want to get to the provincials. I might lose there. He'll never grow as a boxer as long as he's just beating up on all the locals, and he's just been doing it for a dec over a decade. But as soon as he's saying, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to go to the Western Canadian. I'm ready to go to the Nationals. That challenge will help him grow as a boxer. He might get his, his block knocked off a couple times, but it'll help him grow. It'll help him get into the gym more, learn new techniques, and to get faster. But as long as he stays here, I'm not saying that, you know, if you stay here, you won't grow. Don't interpret it that way, please. But in this illustration, if he doesn't take on more challenges... He's just going to stay at the same level. So we have to be ready to take on challenges this year. Challenges that will help you grow. Anyone willing to take a challenge here? And when you take on challenge, it can include something crazy like knocking on Saul's door. Like you remember Queen Esther? She said, if I perish, I perish. 
And when Paul said, who's, when they prophesied, hey, whoever owns this belt, they're in trouble. They're going to get bound up. Someone said battleships can be safe in the harbors, but that is not what they were made for. Let's, let's, not, let's not let be safety be an idol in my heart. Let be more Jesus, you and your will be the most important. Amen. And if it means a little bit of uncertainty, challenge, and even maybe something that could be scary for me, but Lord, help me when I'm willing. Let's go to the last part here in Acts 9. And it says, look what it says in verse, uh, let's finish here in verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered, entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you, to you on the road, as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he got healed. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. We believe that Jesus Christ, he can use simple earthen vessels today in 2022. Anyone believe that? I believe that too. And it's not because of the greatness of you or I. It's the greatness of the treasure within us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. But he chooses to use people as his packages to bring healing like Ananias to give a word, to give restoration. People come to know him through us. And God said to Ananias, go. And you hear he was arguing with the Lord and the Lord said, go. Someone said, you can't spell God without go. God's looking for a mobile church. Not just, oh, we're happy within our four walls. Go to the people out here in the community. Amen? Go to your neighbor. Go to the people who are in front of you. Go. Go to, and it's just getting out of our comfort zones. Get out of my known world. Jesus Christ, the best example, left heaven, came to earth. He came. God said to Abraham, Go, get out of your land. In our heart, sometimes we get used to our little world. And God's saying going. And going can be just go across the street. Go across the street and ask that person to have coffee or to your home group or to come to church. And maybe you've known that neighbor for eight years, but you've never had a conversation. And that could be going for you. And just being open to say, because an Ananias is ready to take action. Jesus called his disciples, and they left their nets. We ready to take action for Jesus, folks? We're going can be just talking to my neighbor, talking to my work buddy, and just saying, Lord, here I am. Send me, and just going. And when we go, and when we're obedient to the Lord, knowing that not only will we be blessed, but people will be blessed by our obedience. Do you remember when Jesus told the ten priests? He says, go and show, no, the 10 lepers. He said, go show yourselves to the priest. The Bible says, as they went, they were healed. When you obey God and you obey his word, blessing comes on your life. Ananias was obedient, wasn't he? Might have not been easy, but he was obedient. And I'm sure he was blessed in seeing what God did with the life of Saul. Saul was blessed. He got healing, got, got, feel, got his sight back. Filled with the Holy Ghost. And I bet Ananias just said, wow, I got to be part of that. And I think when we're obedient and we participate in the work of the Lord, 
It's just a blessing to say, I got to be part of that. This is the work of the Lord. It's marvelous in our eyes what he's doing. So I, that's the challenge I felt to give to this church this morning. To me and Ananias for this time, for this community. And I believe God's going to use the folks. I believe there's people who are waiting for you guys. I believe there's people even praying. People praying. Uh, I'll finish with this story about, um, I was preaching in Campbell River. And I met this man in the church. And, and we were talking and he, and he shared the story about, he walks into Tim Hortons. You got Tim Hortons here? Oh, okay. No Tim Hortons in Mexico. Um, so I've been to Tim Hortons a whack of times already. He, he walks into Tim Hortons and he's looking at the menu, what to ask for. And he feels, as he sees this random lady in Tim Hortons, and he feels the Holy Ghost says, go talk to her about me. No. Keep scanning the menu and it just keeps coming back. He's a here am I, send me type guy. He's kind of like one of those guys I think he'd probably be dangerous in the halls of hell. <laughs> he's just like, he'll do anything. He's kind of crazy. And so he tells a story, just wanting to obey God. And this is what happens when you obey. It's blessing for them and for you. And he said, I just can't get, excuse me. And he goes up to this complete stranger and he says, I know this may sound so funny, but I feel like God wants to tell you about him. Eyes just big as saucers. And she says, Sir, I do not believe in God. I do not know God. But this morning, I said, God, if you're out there, if you exist, please send someone to speak to me about you. And you can now take this bag of pills, sir, because if I did not have that prayer answered, I was going to kill myself today. <laughs> wow. Is God sovereign? Could he could have saved that? Young girl by herself, for sure. But he chooses to use imperfect people like you and I. Folks, God uses imperfect people because there's no other kind. Are you in that class? I know I'm in that class. What a powerful story of just someone who said, here I am. Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for these